For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome to another special episode of Believe. That's B-L-E-A-V in Lions and Believe in L.A. Football right here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host at Javanaugh87, Jack Kavanaugh. And as always, I am joined by the governor, the Detroit Lions third round pick of the 1987 draft, a three-time Pro Bowler at nose tackle with 32 and a half career sacks. It's Icebox Jerry Ball. How's it going, Jerry? Hey, great day to be alive. You know, good game coming up this weekend, and we got us a special guest that's coming on, so we can talk a little L.A. Rams, Detroit Lions football. So, you know, just another great day to talk football, babe. It's always a great day to talk some football, especially when we are graced by the presence of the boss of Believe in Spirits and Sports History podcast, the Don of Believe in L.A. football, and the boss of LAFBnetwork.com. Ryan Dirud, thank you for joining us here today. Gentlemen, what's going on? Excited to uh, be here. It's an honor to be on your show, so thanks for inviting me, and excited to get into this uh Rams-Lions game, the return of Goff to L.A. Should be a lot of fun uh, getting into it. So thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. And it might be a little bit more fun for you as the L.A. guy than us as the Lions guys. But that's okay. We're, we're still happy to have you. Yeah. Well, hey, and hey, Jerry, my, my co-host, Frosty Rucker, who's not here right now, he was picked almost exactly 20 years from your selection and almost the same pick in round three. You guys have that? Really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was the 63rd. What pick was he? uh 81 i believe okay okay well excuse me 91 hey well you tell him i said hello and you know we i appreciate him being a part of the fraternity there you go i'll let him know absolutely so yeah excited to get into it guys let's do it very excited before we get into it we just want to remind you of our good friends over at betonline.ag so head to the new oh We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, 50 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts and i'm ready for this game to start here in la how how's it out 
there right now. Jerry's been gushing about the weather yesterday. Talked about during his time with the Raiders. It completely ruined Detroit winters for him. <laughs> Are you in Detroit, Jerry, still right now? Actually, I live in Houston, but I maintain a place up there as well. But okay. yeah, Houston is where I actually raise my family. Gotcha. Okay, it's a little warmer down there. But yeah, I was telling, I was telling Jack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little warmer. I was telling Jack before we started that LA this time of year is so funny because I woke up, I was up at 6 a.m. this morning doing one of our pre-show interviews, and it was like 42 degrees, and then by noon it'll be almost 80. So it's like you know you yep. get the winter and the summer in one day. Yep, yep, yep. I love you know Southern California weather though. I I, I can't lie and say it's the best climate I've ever lived in. Yeah, yeah, you. I always tell people too, LA, us Angelina is always finding something to complain about, but there's really nothing. I mean, the sun's always out. The palm trees are looking good. You know, we get the warm, the cool. So can't complain, Jack. The weather's good. Well, yeah. and you really can't complain because we did gift you Matthew Stafford, which seems to be panning out for you guys so far. So if Jerry were to call up the Detroit Lions front office right now and, and convince them, hey, let's undo the trade. Let's offer it back. You can take your two first round rounders back. You can take golf back and we'll, we'll take Matthew Stafford back. Would you accept that deal? Are you asking me or Jerry? Sorry. Asking you. Sorry, okay. Ryan. Yeah. No, I, I mean, well, first of all, I don't think you gifted us him because you did charge us a nice, a nice hefty <laughs> price to get him out here, but it was a well worth transaction. And, you know, I, I talk all the time on our show, you know, no disrespect to Jared Goff. He did great things here in L.A. It was great for our community here in Los Angeles. Still actually does stuff in the community out here. You know, the commitments that he made led this team to a Super Bowl. But Matthew Stafford is just a different breed of, of talent, arm talent. Uh, we talk all the time about he's an extension of Coach Sean McVay on the field. I think that was kind of one of the uh, deficiencies of Jared Goff is he had some of the physical tools, but the mental tools on the field just didn't quite seem to be there yet. And co they always talked about in primetime games, the, the uh, microphone and the headset and how it cuts off after, you know, when there's 15 seconds left and McVay would be coaching Jared Goff. And as soon as that would cut off, that was kind of like the end. It was like, okay, that was the play they're going to run. Whereas now Stafford can be that coach on the field. He can call different defenses out, call different audibles, right. different play designs. So Long answer, short answer, no, we would not give Matthew Stafford back. I think we're very happy with uh, how he's doing so far in L.A. Making that deal, Jerry? Well, like I, I, I would have to agree with where they are as a team, with the talent that they've assembled, just the receiving cords, you need a quarterback that can, get, that can spread the ball around, and he does that. And then you also got a formidable defense, that really can contend. So whenever you have a team where you have those two phases as solid as the Rams, you got to take your shot and go for the championship. You know, and if that means that you might give up a first rounder, which is your future, for your present, a good team that wants to be a great team, they make that deal for Stafford. Yeah, and I think it I think it worked out for both teams in a sense that we're unfortunately the Lions being 0 6 and Jared Goff has not played great. But with where you guys are as an organization, you know, in a rebuild mode, uh, I think it, you know, Stafford, it's better for him to move on. It's better for the organization to kind of look for the future and build on that. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I just think it ended up being a, a weird win for both teams, even though it's not winning on the football field necessarily right now for the Lions, but for the future, it'll obviously pay dividends, I think. I agree completely. I think the Lions needed that hard reset and it would have been amazing to have Matthew Stafford be a part of this next generation of Detroit Lions, but 
ultimately you had to let him go. Am I wrong, Jerry? No, I, I think at, at, at the point and the commitment that he had made to the team first, the, the tenure, the, the years that he's been there, <clears throat> you know, it, it's, it's, you know, I guess the irony and how I look at it, you know, normally the Lions won't let a Matt Stafford go. They would make him play out his career like they did Calvin and Barry, because I would have to I'm not going to say he's Calvin and Barry, but he's definitely next to that. <laughs> you know, he's definitely standing in the shadow because he was a quality quarterback, you know, didn't get a lot of the wins that, you know, really showed. But then you look at old, older quarterbacks like a Dan Fouts, you know, he had the stats you know, but he wasn't really putting a consistent winner. That's how I look at Stafford. He's going to leave with some of the records and he's going to be on the statistical boards and stuff, but his greatest chance to win a championship in his career is in his hand right now. I can't say that the Lions had ever given him that opportunity. So I do, I appreciate that they gave him an opportunity while he still had some fuel in the tank to go try to win a championship. And it's disappointing because you guys are now rubbing our faces in it. You're going to invite us into your hometown. We're going to have the nice date with the X, and then you're going to beat down the Lions, which is unfortunate. <laughs> but at least Jared Goff has a chance to prove something. If he can play a little bit better, not, not saying he needs to win. If he can play a little bit better against his old team, that would be nice. Or... Is Jared Goff that same guy that we saw before Sean McVay came to town back when Jeff Fisher was the coach? He's now 0-13 without McVay. That is not a good sign. And if he is that guy, should the Lions make a move at quarterback, say a Cam Newton or a trade for Tua Tugavailoa, who's on the outs in Miami, except not really? <laughs> well, I mean, with, with Jared and what's an – what do you, however you want to look at it, if it's unfortunate or the fact is he just, he needs a supporting cast. He's not a guy that can really put the team on his back and take, and that's not being disrespectful. That's just the way his game is, his athletic ability. He needs that solid re receiving core, which the lions right now, you know, doesn't really have, he needs a, a healthy mauling offensive line to give him protections with the lions have injuries right now. They don't really have, he needs a really formidable running attack, which I think the Lions are improving on with the DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, but they don't have what they had with Todd Gurley back in, in the day with the Rams. So Jared Goff can be very good on specific teams, but he, on a rebuild team, you're just not going to get it out of him. That's not what his skill set is built for. Even in college, when he was in Cal, he put up stats to become the number one overall pick, but Cal won like five games his senior year. Like They were not a good football team. They got wins on the field. He statistically looked good and could put the ball in places that other quarterbacks couldn't. Hence why he was drafted first overall. So uh, he's a guy that for the lions, I don't know if they're going to want to, you know, get in bed with them for the long term unless they think they can turn this thing around quicker. Um, but on another team that's quarterback needy, he might be actually very good again. So it's just a guy that has a lot of things that need to go his way, but he can still play quarterback in this league. He just can't lead a team that doesn't have a ton of talent around him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what that assessment was that you just said. I also think that, you know, Cam Newton as a figure, you know, is a strong personality for the Lions in their culture. So I don't know if he's going to fit exactly the, the prototypical Lions player that they look for. You know, he has his eccentric ways and things like that. 
<clears throat> and, you know, that would definitely, you know, be some color in the locker room. But right now they really need to focus. Now, if there's no other quarterback out there and they feel that they need to, then, you know, Cam is a viable option. But I think with any quarterback coming into the scenario, you coming in understanding that you're really not the guy. You know, you're getting an opportunity to come and play because the efficiencies that they're looking for with the current quarterback isn't there. Mm -hmm. I also think just to make one point about Jared, um, and, and this is trying to be fair, is that, one, this is a new system for him. This is a new coaching staff form. This is, a, like you say, an offensive line that's battered. And this is a receiving corp that he's playing with now that he didn't go through camp with. Mm -hmm. So there are some things that, you know, is definitely out of his control. And like I said in some of the other podcasts is that the way that he can show that he's that guy is that while they're in the fire, this is where he has to be paused show his composure, show his competitive nature, and even with the criticism, address the criticism in a way that it doesn't shake his mental capacity or his psyche that becomes a physical display. And then the defenses feel, okay, we got him. Let's stay on him. Let's rattle him and things like that. Because in some games, his nervous feats, how he throw how he's releasing the ball on the back leg instead of the front leg, you know, some of the things that he's ducking from. I don't know if you remember when Brett Favre used to throw and duck at the same time. <clears throat> well, Jared's not ducking, but he's going away from the direction where he's putting the ball, which means velocity, the change, and all that. So it's having an effect on him, and I think that he's really got the answer to bail for himself. Yeah, unfortunately, that's something we've seen in L.A. for a long time. If, if I can, let me let me ask you guys this real quick before you move on, Jack. Um, and, and specifically, Jerry, since you've you know, been in the league and so you can attest to this. I don't know if you guys saw, but former Lions running back Joyke Bell on his podcast kind of called out Jared Goff and said he's not the Detroit style that we or he's not playing with the Detroit mentality. I don't know if you heard that, Jerry, but just hearing that, do you agree with that assessment from a former player? Well, he, here's what I will say, you know, um, and this is not a slight against the organization, but I think the Detroit Lions has had a time trying to find an identity, mm -hmm. more or less than trying to say that one player don't fit the Lions. <clears throat> you know, when you look at, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, it's not like you like San Francisco went from Montana to Steve Young. <laughs> you know, you got to me, you got guys that are seasoned at a different level. You know, Jared is still relatively young, replacing Matthew, who was a seasoned veteran. So those differences, you know, can show up in your game, too. It's funny that you bring that up because I did see Joyke Bell's conversation on it and it was very similar to some of the things that jerry's been saying on the believe in lions podcast lately except jerry does it a little more politely a little more uh a, a, a little more empathy. i believe in the lions yeah <laughs> exactly but it, it's a lot of the same sentiments it's a blue collar town you've got to come in and you got to do your work and you've got to put more weight on your shoulders as dan campbell would say Mm -hmm. carry your water 
Everybody carry their water. That's the that's the deal. You know, you don't want someone else to have to carry your load for you. And I think with Jared, you know, being the quarterback, you know, every team puts the load on the quarterback. The quarterback has to be willing to be that guy because up or down, win or lose, the quarterback is always going to answer for it. It has, and that's any quarterback, good or bad, playing well, playing great. Quarterback is going to be the person that's talked to. Absolutely. And against this Rams defense, he will have to step up a little bit because they know him. Like Aaron Donald knows Jared Goff very well. Jalen Ramsey knows Jared Goff very well. Those two superstars are going to be a big part of the mind game almost. And I I know you guys lost Brandon Staley, the defensive coordinator. So it's, it's someone new there calling the shots, but these players still know Jared Goff. How do they take advantage of that? And where are you lining up Donald and Ramsey? Jerry talked about this last night. So Ryan, you can go first. Yeah, I mean, Donald and and Jared have been texting all week, so obviously they know each other well. And, you know, there's still a lot of friendships on this team. The way he left, I know it was unfortunate uh, with him, McVay, and, you know, him kind of getting shipped out without any really communication. But with his teammates, there was, you know, there was not a bad breakup with his teammates. They're still all great friends and, you know, love the guy, respect the guy. Uh, But, yeah, they know his game. They know exactly what rattles him. You kind of mentioned earlier him needing to be better about, not showing when he gets rattled, but unfortunately that's been his whole career. So uh, they want to get after him early and often. Um, I mean, Donald can line up anywhere on the defensive line, which is helpful, but they're getting great pressure from the edge with Leonard Floyd. Terrell Lewis has been healthy this year and he's been fantastic getting pressure that the former Alabama prospect uh, rookie last year. So, you know, if they're able to get pressure from the edge and then he can't escape in the pocket with Aaron Donald right there, it's going to be a tough day at the office for this offense. Uh, to get anything going. And when you have a secondary that has, you know, Jalen Ramsey and, and mm-hmm. uh, Jordan Fuller and Taylor Rapp out, out there on the back end, uh, it makes passing the football tough. So uh, if they're able to get after him early and often, you know, I, I could see, a, unfortunately, a, a, for him, a, you know, a four turnover day because he likes to fumble the ball too. So <laughs> hopefully not for his sake. I, I do like the guy. Obviously, want a Rams win. Um, but I'd like to see Jared do well. He'll get a standing ovation in LA as he should. Uh, you know, a lot of respect there. I know fans were ready to move on. And like I said, love Matthew Stafford and what he brings. Uh, but, you know, I hope he still has a, a, a good game because I don't want to see him just get befuddled out here. But it, it should be a tough day at the office, I think. Yeah. Well, we're looking and hoping he has a great game. But I will <laughs> say, that, hey, well, <laughs> this is what I've, I've said to Jack. You know, being a defensive lineman, Aaron Donald is the premier – preeminent defensive lineman, most dominant defender in the game, all positions. Mm -hmm. And because the Rams now are moving him up and down that line, it makes the offense, you know, have to make midstream adjustments because it's kind of like when a line slide, you line up and then when they put the hand on the ball, they slide, then all your blocking assignments change. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what's going to happen with, you know, Aaron Donald, you know, because wherever he goes, they're going to look to try to create a double. So that means that there's going to have to have good communication between the quarterback and and the lineman, because you better believe Jared, as well as the offensive lineman, are going to be looking to see where he lines up first. And I think that's going to be probably the biggest challenge for them. It's what they do 
with Donald. And Lord, if Floyd and Donald get on the same side in passing situations, then that the competitive edge actually goes to the Rams on that down. Yeah, they're gonna be causing some problems. Aaron, you Jerry talked about it on the show last night. He's playing bully ball, he's finding out where that weak link is and then moving them or making the lines make adjustments and then moving them somewhere else so they have to adjust again, then move them back onto the weak link and just play those mind games. And you can do that with an Aaron Donald, and you can do it with a Jalen Ramsey. So where are you lining up Jalen Ramsey, and who is the Lions' best player that he needs to take down and stop in the passing game? Well, Ramsey's been playing mostly the star position this year, kind of moving all over. Um, you know, in certain games, he he does shadow some guys, but they've been using him differently, and, and they've gotten fortunate in some games where they've faced banged-up receiving cores, so he hasn't had to face even their number one because he's been out, which probably is the case in this in this one as well. <laughs> so uh, you guys can certainly answer better than me who's who's the top guy they need to look after. I mean, I love Amon Ross St. Brown from USC, but he's, he's a rookie. Um, yeah. You know, Khalif Raymond, some other guys you guys have that have, uh, you know, been forced to kind of start now, but uh, it's, it'll be interesting, but I, I would, as, to answer your question, I would assume he'll play more of that star role and kind of move inside, outside, kind of all over the field. Cause they like to use him in a number of different ways in the box outside. That's what makes him so great is his versatility and yeah. he can shut down if need to, but I don't really think this week he'll need to be on a one-on-one shutdown matchup. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. You know, Jalen is definitely one of the few shutdown corners in the NFL, and and he is going to always be tasked with taking on the best receiver on another team if they're impactful. But because the Lions as a core hasn't really put up any stellar numbers as an individual or even as a group, you know, they're probably going to play a, a good base defense and, and let him shine when he gets his chance. But I also would tell you that we love St. Brown too, man. And we think that he is a great player. You know, he's probably since Golden Tank, the first inside receiver that they had that can really go across the middle in that slot position. You know, he definitely gives the, the ability of stretching the field too. But we do like him. We think, well, I do. I think that, you know, that's a good keeper for them that they can build around. The other guy, Hodge and stuff, has made some plays and things like that. But like we say, <clears throat> those are the third and fourth option. The first two options are sidelined with injuries. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, you guys got to go in an Amon Ra. You know, I covered him for – three years at SC and what I love about him is he plays bigger than he looks, you know, he plays in that yeah. slot more, but he's got a physicality to him that, you know, he can, exactly. he can run and knock you in the mouth if he needs to. That's what I seen. Uh, you know, see a lot of times people follow the ball. I'm looking at a play and I'm looking at the movement. And then sometimes when you're watching how a receiver runs route and what he does and stuff, what he does on the running play, you know, I'll look at the back running the ball, but I'm also looking to see how they blocking on the edge. And I've seen St. Brown stick his head in there. So he is a tough little guy. That's for sure. And honestly, he looks like he's small. But I think they said he was right at 200 pounds. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, yeah, you know. So, but but that he he's a he's a bright spot. That that's for sure. He is. I yeah. keep saying that I think he could become the next Cooper Cup almost in the slot for Jared Goff. And, and now 
Cooper Cup is having a phenomenal season, but just that kind of reliable, trustworthy player in the slot who also another slow 40 from the both of them. They are both way faster on the yeah. field than in shorts. It's love Amon Ross St. Brown. I believe the Lions have a good one in him. I'm glad we were all Amon Ross St. Brown fans here. Yes. Yeah, he's a good one. So you guys got to go on and it's something to build around at least as a building block in that in that receiver. Yeah. Absolutely. And so Amon Ross St. Brown might be leaned on heavily for this Sunday. TJ Hawkinson hopefully makes some plays. DeAndre Swift. All that comes together. Is that enough for the Lions to beat the Rams or what needs to go right? Jerry said last night that maybe it's a flu a flu game for Michael Jordan. He eats some bad pizza or sorry for Aaron Donald eats some bad pizza. Is that is that what it's going to take for the Lions to eke out a victory here or, or are you re- shutting it down completely? Well, he, he, I, I'll I'll say what I've said before. I believe that with Matt Stafford at the helm and the Lions being tattered, and you know I love Aaron Glenn as a defensive partner. I just think, you know, for, you know, when you talk about Deshaun Jackson, not even your feature guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the other corpse with, you know, um, Flood, um, the West, what's the Jefferson? Yeah, Van Jefferson. And those, and, and those, yeah, you know, they they got a nice corp. And I think that at the end of the day, the Rams got too much firepower for us. You know, and I hate to say that, but I said it, you know, and I know guys probably won't want me to come to Motown for a week, but. <laughs> you got to say like it is. Hey, it's foot, it's football, you know, yeah. if we remain some credibility, we got to call it like it is. You know, if you, if you go tell Shaquille O'Neal, hey, you're going to play center. And then you go tell Spud, hey, Spud, you're going to play center. <laughs> it's some things that's just obvious. Yeah, you know, and I think the Rams can dictate some things to the Lions in how they play this week versus the other way. Yeah, in in my opinion, the only way the Lions have a chance, and again, no disrespect, but just as as Jerry mentioned, just undermanned and overmanned, is if Anthony Lynn can control the clock by running the football, and you guys have a time of possession over seventy five percent, keeping the ball out of Matthew Stafford's hands and running for over two hundred yards then things might get interesting. I mean, if you control the clock and have the ball 40 plus minutes and run the football, which obviously hasn't really happened, but if that happens, then the game gets interesting. But if it's a, if you get into a, a throwing match or, or stuff like that, I don't, I don't think it bodes well. And it's a 16 point line and the, the Rams may go over that. <laughs> Regretfully, I do agree with that. <laughs> yeah. But Hey, if, if Swift and Williams get going, you never know. Hey. Running game keeps things interesting. Well, Jerry's got to get going here. So before you head out, do you have any pluggables to plug? And thank you very much for your time, as always. Well, here's what I'll say. You know, I'm actually going to make it out to the Super Bowl this year. So I do enjoy and still love L.A. I definitely want to visit that stadium. I probably won't go to the Super Bowl game, but I do want to see that spaceship stadium that you guys have. It looks very appealing. Jerry, it was a pleasure meeting you. And yeah, when you're out here, let me know. We'll we'll get you a beer on on the LA Football Network, and you'll have to come by the LA Football table on Radio Row or something. I would love to.
love to and thank you for coming on and we appreciate you and and again i'm not gonna say go rams i'm gonna say lions beat the rams <laughs> there you go save face right there at the end appreciate you all right jack i appreciate you thanks jerry take care all right. Well, that was Jerry Ball, absolute legend for the Detroit Lions. His former teammate, Chris Spielman, is entering the ring of honor, and Jerry sent a congratulations to him. So make sure you check that out over at Believe in Lions on Twitter. And before we wrap things up here, I do have a question about the future of the LA Rams. Cam Akers might be one of the, or formerly, he was one of the best up and coming running backs in the NFL. If he can get back to say, if he can be Kevin Durant and come mm-hmm. back and be the same player at post Achilles, are the Rams even better next year? Oh yeah. I mean, he's already posting videos on Instagram. The Rams are of him running drills and stuff. Doesn't look three months removed from an Achilles tear. So, um, you know, Cam Akers is a special running back and he, what makes him so good is he's so different from Daryl Henderson, who's the current starter. And Daryl Henderson has been great too. But mm-hmm. that one-two punch and then now getting Sony Michelle, you have those three guys in your backfield that just makes this offense that much more dynamic. And uh, he he's probably of the three, Michelle and Henderson, that is. Uh, Cam Akers, I would say, is the best pass-catching back out of the backfield, which is something in his arsenal that is uh, makes him so dynamic. And then he's, he's good between the tackles. He can break tackles. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, he definitely will make this offense even better when he's back. And uh, especially with, you know, Hendo going into a contract year soon and having to make decisions there, Cam being younger and, and then just trading, you know, two mid-round picks for Sonny Michelle. So it's, you know, it, it's an exciting backfield. It was, it was such a bummer when they lost him. But everyone knows in this league, it's next man up. And, and you know, especially at the running back position and no shade mean to be thrown, but there's a lot of talented running backs that can come in and make an impact. But Cam Akers certainly makes him better. Absolutely, he does. He's like DeAndre Swift. The Lions offense with Jamal Williams, it's it's still good. It's still functioning, but they just offer something different on the field. Mm-hmm. But there is reason to be worried about the Rams in the future. You know, left tackle Andrew Whitworth, he's about to be 40, which is just a miracle that of modern science that he is still playing football. Your <laughs> starting center and your starting right guard are both free agents. Darius Williams, that other cornerback, he's a free agent. Your inside linebackers and Sebastian Joseph Day, lots of free agents. Only six million or only yeah, yeah six <laughs> not a lot of million. Money. Yeah. <laughs> and no first rounders because we stole those. So are the Rams on the down slope or are they still trending upward because Matthew Stafford is that good? I, I would say definitely not trending downwards. Um, if anything, staying even keel. And I would still say, yeah, trending upwards just because of what Stafford brings. And you still have Donald and Ramsey. And you have your receiving core, Cooper Cup locked up, Robert Woods still under mm-hmm. contract. So you have your uh, some key stars all locked up. And the way the Rams have been able to operate, you know, everyone talks about this trade with Stafford and losing first-round picks. They haven't had a first-round pick since Jared Goff. So they've been good at navigating the salary cap, navigating the trade deadline, navigating free agency for a long time now without having first round picks and without having a lot of money, to be honest. So it's, it's interesting and it's, it shows less need being a magician, um, but they <laughs> seem to find guys. Darius Williams was a guy that was cut by the Baltimore Ravens and all of a sudden comes in and becomes a star in LA. So I think they've been able to do a really good job finding guys in mid rounds, um, finding free agents that aren't well known at the time. And the biggest concern for me for the Rams 
is the fact that every single year, one to four coaches seems to get plucked from this coaching staff and McVay has to continue to retool his coaching staff. I mean, you guys know you have Aubrey Pleasant now. So uh, that to me is more concerning than the player overturn because the way this coaching staff operates and how they've been able to develop players that aren't as well known is why they've been so good, never had a losing season under Sean McVay. But eventually you have to think that maybe McVay will have a wrong hire at some point. Hasn't happened so far. Raheem Morris, I think, has been fairly good taking over for Brandon Staley. Some growing pains, but they've continued to gotten better. So that to me is more the, the storyline to watch because I'm sure more will get plucked next year. <laughs> uh, it's always the joke out here, like who's the next head coach coming from Sean McVay's tree. But <laughs> overall, I think uh, I think they're still in a good spot, Jack. It's the joke everywhere. If you have a sh- handshake with Sean McVay, you're instantly an offensive coordinator candidate yeah. across the league. <laughs> I, I tend to agree with that. I, I wanted to press you on it, make it seem worst case scenario, but no, the Rams are in good hands with that core that they have. Mm-hmm. Lions, on the other hand, I do think are rebuilding the right way. They're doing things. They have the draft picks. They have the young talent. Mm-hmm. They have $41 million in cap space and their free agents aren't anything too drastic either. Tracy Walker and Charles Harris might get decent deals, but outside of that, it's inside linebackers like Alex Anzalone and Jalen Reams Maben. They're not breaking the bank at all. Mm-hmm. So I think the Lions are headed in the right direction. And that brings the next question though. If Goff isn't the quarterback, they're probably not to, and they do get the first overall pick. People don't think they'll take a quarterback. They would take Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon, which makes the Rams pick very interesting. Would a guy like Keaton Slovis from USC make sense there? Or is it better to go for a receiver before you get the quarterback, like a Drake London from USC? Well, if you would have asked me before the college season started, I would have said, yeah, Keaton Slovis has, has put in a good body of work high completion percentage, high character guy, good leader. Uh, someone that I would certainly go after at the back end of that first round, early second round. Unfortunately this year, he has, you know, kind of changed my mind on that. He just hasn't played very, very well overall. I mean, this USC team as a, as a totality hasn't looked great. Uh, but Jackson Dart, the young freshman who came in in relief of him against Washington state and then lit the, the game on fire, breaking almost every single freshman record for a USC quarterback. Unfortunately, right after the game, ended up having meniscus surgery. So then they would have to go back to Keaton Slovis. And he hasn't looked bad, but I don't think he's a guy that you're going to have too much change from what Jared Goff is. And if you're going to move on from Jared Goff, you need someone polarizing that plays a very different style of quarterback than Jared Goff. Keaton Slovis is very similar, like accurate, you know, decent decision maker, not a super quick processor, though. Um, They're very similar in a lot of regards. Similar size. Jared Goff is a little bigger than Keaton. Um, but you want someone very different if you're going to move on from golf. Drake London, on, on the other hand, in a heartbeat. I would take him maybe <laughs> that first overall pick. And I know that's a stretch when you have a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau. But Drake London, who's going to be your Bolitnikoff winner this year, is a guy that just takes over games. And I know you already have a USC receiver on the roster in Amon Ra. But London, if, you've been, if you haven't yet and you're able to watch him at all, they play Notre Dame this weekend. Should be a great game. He's a guy that they can double team and the defense knows that the USC offense is going to go through London and they still can't stop him. He's just that dominant. He reminds me of like a a Randy Moss type where he can catch it at any point, but then he can break tackles like Calvin Johnson. Like the guy is just a beast. So I would say no on Keaton Slovis. I would say absolutely with that. Another first round pick, you get Drake London and add him to your offense. Unfortunately. Well, 
it depends. Maybe if the ship falls or the bottom falls out of the ship, maybe the Lions' second pick is in the range to draft draft Drake London because it's looking like the Lions might be picking with that thirty first, thirty second overall <laughs> yeah. pick. Which Should I don't think will the... be there at that point. Yeah. No, probably not. And it's just because the Rams are so good, but. They're not the only great team in LA right now. Granted, the Chargers coming off a bad loss to the Ravens, but they're still extremely talented. Jerry raves about how quality Justin Herbert is, how mm-hmm. good he looks, how much he'll fit in in LA, become a movie star one day. Which one of these LA teams is more likely to make the Super Bowl this year? Yeah, it's a good question. It's been it's been so fun covering both these teams and you're a lucky guy yeah you know football is great in la right now uh ucla too is on the rise got a big game against oregon this weekend so it's been a lot of fun and this charters team you know i was not to pat myself on the back but i was one of the few once the staley hire happened because i was huge on staley after covering him with the rams thought that was just such a great hire and was hoping he would end up there so i can keep covering him um and then what they were able to do in free agency in the draft i was one of the few that said you know this is a team this year i think makes the playoff and maybe makes a run for the Super Bowl if things go their way um i still do think though after watching them more they're they're exceeding expectations even but i still think they're probably a year away from that whereas this rams team is full board ready to go if they stay healthy to me this is the best team in the nfc and i know they had a stinker against arizona and arizona's still five and or six and oh now undefeated but i think when it comes down the stretch the veteran coaching in mcveigh the veteran leadership in stafford and then you get some guys back health-wise on defense because they're missing a few key players there I think this is the best team in the NFC down the stretch and when it comes time for playoffs. So answer your question, Chargers have been great. I think they can they can definitely still do it to surprise people. I think they're more like a year away. The Rams team, I think, is a team that is built for the Super Bowl right now. Oh, that but how fun just... would that be, a Rams-Chargers Super Bowl in L.A. in SoFi? That's, I, <laughs> that's where I was going. I was hoping the answer would be both, but you you did give us a, a whole quality answer with – pros and cons for both i i do appreciate that but the fun answer is both uh, teams are going that's to the, the hope Super Bowl. that's the hope man that's the dream for us uh, i'm i'm with you on that dream i would love to see matthew stafford in a super bowl mm-hmm. i won't love to see him beating up the lines this weekend but we still have to know what's the score gonna be yeah i just you know no disrespect but i think this rams team is is playing a little different and after that bad game against the cardinals came out and, and you know, drug one out against Seattle for a big division win on the road and then went to New York and just blew the doors off of uh, the Giants after a slow start. And McVay was not happy about that slow start. So I think they'll sure things up this week. And unfortunately, the Lions bear the brunt of that. Um, I do think Jared Goff has a solid game. I think he'll come out and play well. I hope he does. You know, love to see him at least perform well uh, for his team. But I just think the Rams are too much. This offense, once it gets going, Jack, this offense is just tough to stop when they get in a rhythm. And that's been their biggest, their one issue is just getting in that rhythm. But once they do, like we saw last week, 38 unanswered points, like it's, it's really hard to stop this team. If the defense applies pressure, like they did last week to Daniel Jones, who I think was responsible for four turnovers, Jared Goff might have unfortunately fall subject to that. So um, if I'm given a score prediction, I, I feel bad because I don't want to sound disrespectful, but I would go like 31, 14. I think it's just going to be a blow and I'll be there looking forward to it. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, tailgating and stuff, but uh, yeah, I just think this Rams team is too too much to handle for the Lions. But I like what the Lions are building, though. I like what they're building. 
I, I, I like the compliment sandwich. You know, you, you start <laughs> with the compliment. You go with the, I'm, I'm sorry, but it's going to be a blowout. And then the final compliment. We do appreciate that here on Believe in Lions. I unfortunately have to agree with you. I think the Lions put up a little bit more points. I think Goff is able to get the offense 24 points. Okay. It's still going to be 35 from the Rams. There's, I think that it's a five touchdown minimum from Matthew Stafford this weekend. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, going to be want to show his former team. <laughs> it is going to be painful, but what wasn't painful was this conversation. Thank you so much for joining us here today, Ryan, before you head out, do you have any pluggables that you want to plug? Yeah, real quick. I'd love to ask this and you can, you can just edit this out if you want, but I'm just curious your thoughts. Cause once Matthew Stafford came to LA, Obviously, the big conversation was, okay, cool, upgrade for the Rams, great. But then it shifted. Obviously, this is just a long offseason, what happens. Shifted to, well, is he really an upgrade? No playoff wins. Jared Goff has a a winning playoff record, gone to a Super Bowl. And that seemed to be a a contentious topic for a long time and still is. I've talked to former NFL players that bring that up. They're like, oh, is it really an upgrade? Like Stafford hasn't been able to win, blah, blah, blah. My question for you is, why is someone like Dan Marino considered – probably top five, no question, top three, arguably quarterback of all time, no Super Bowl wins, not a great playoff record, just a statistically great quarterback. Matthew Stafford, statistically great quarterback, has all the intangibles you want, just hasn't won in the playoffs. Why does he get way less respect than a guy like Dan Marino, you think? Uh, I'm going to say a large part of that is Detroit versus Miami. Detroit in the 2000s, not as fun to cover as Miami in the 80s. And I think that's honestly probably it because personality-wise, everyone loves Matthew Stafford. Mm -hmm. Everyone loves Dan Marino. They're very similar. They both have the 5,000-yard passing season, so... Mm -hmm. I think it is. I think it boils down to media coverage, and I think it boils down to the city they play in, and that's really about it. And I will say, Matthew Stafford is a definitive upgrade over Jared Goff. Matthew Stafford is underappreciated, and anyone who disagrees is just wrong. And I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, and I asked that because that's no. I'm not saying taking anything away from Dan Marino. I'm just saying I think Matthew Stafford doesn't get the respect he deserves because of how good he actually is and can be. And I talk all the time on my show how important scheme fits are like scheme coaching defense. Like it's all important. <laughs> I don't know many Bob. quarterbacks that go anywhere and are just great. I mean, even Tom Brady, the greatest of all time has some pretty damn good teams around him. So the anyway. Jim Bob Cooter offense, where it's a two yard carry on first down a one yard carry on second down and it's third and seven. Yeah. That wasn't helping Matthew Stafford. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Not going to do it, but Jack, this was fun. Thank you. Everyone can find me uh, at LAFB network. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Ryan Dyer at LAFB. The show is Believe in LA Football. We're also on uh, AM, the Mightier 1090 now on radio out here in SoCal, which is a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, anywhere you get your podcast, then just head to LAFBnetwork.com for all of our content articles. We have seven other shows on the network, so always fun. So, but thanks, Jack, for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. Make sure you check out LAFBnetwork.com. Thank you so much for joining us and everyone else. I will see you next time. I believe, I believe, I believe. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.